coming up on this week's mini episode of the Broken Brain Podcast. The reality is, though, for a lot of these people for whom we blame hormones for acne, the underlying cause isn't their hormones at all. And if you think about it, it doesn't make a ton of sense because there's plenty of people who have the same hormones who aren't getting acne. So the question is why? What's the underlying driver? Hi, everyone. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my new venture and our newest protein powder, the Pegan Shake. One of the best ways to boost your brain power is with the best nutrition. This is why Dr. Mark Hyman and I teamed up to create the perfect shake to start your morning off right and set your brain and body up for vitality and success. The shake is called the Pegan Shake, and it features a combination of grass-fed collagen, organic pumpkin, and organic pea protein powder with healthy fats from MCT oil and avocado oil, which, by the way, are great for fat burning and fueling brain power as well. A little bonus, the Pegan Shake also features organic acacia fiber, which is great for gut motility and digestion. See, this shake was created to support healthy blood sugar and healthy energy levels. In fact, one of the most common reasons for mood imbalances and brain challenges come from unbalanced blood sugar. Have you ever felt anxious, tired, and wired, and then ate something and felt better? Well, when your blood sugar goes through major fluctuations throughout the day, you literally can feel crazy. I know so many people can relate. So the Peak and Shake supports your blood sugar by feeding your body the right information from this perfect combination of macronutrients. I've been using the Pig and Shake for months and I feel full, satisfied, satiated, focused, and most importantly, I avoid those energy slumps that come in the late afternoon too. I think you're going to love this shake. Dr. Hyman and I teamed up to make it because we literally couldn't find a shake mix that we loved. So we decided to create it ourselves. Check it out at getpharmacy.com slash Pig and Shake. You can find the link in the show notes. That's Get pharmacy pharmacy with an f f a r m a c y dot com slash pegan shake now on to today's episode hi everyone drew prode here host of the broken brain podcast our skin is a reflection of what's going on with our health beneath the surface acne and other skin problems are signals that something is often off in our body Conventional medicine deals with symptoms, so their solutions include prescriptions for acne, including lathering on potions, lotions, popping pills, picking pimples, and taking antibiotics or strong liver-damaging medications. Now, I'm not saying that those things don't have a place, but there's got to be a better way, another way. On today's mini episode, I speak with my dear friend, Dr. Robin Burzen, the founder and CEO of Parsley Health, a modern functional medicine practice which makes whole body transformative medicine accessible to everyone through smart technologies online. In this episode, we talk about the most common underlining causes of acne and the connection between our gut health and skin issues. I know about that. I've dealt with that first and myself. We discuss why conventional acne treatments don't always work and often can end up doing more harm than good. We also talk about how the cosmetics we use on our skin can increase inflammation, which in turn can lead and contribute to acne. Additionally, we talk about best skincare routines and products for someone suffering with acne. It's fascinating. I care a lot about the subject because of my own challenges with acne growing up. Let's listen in. What did you discover are some of the root causes that are there 
that could trigger an adult acne or cystic acne? Yeah, so there's there's quite a few of them, and you and I actually have a lot in common because wheat and dairy ended up being kind of at the core of my experience um, and clearing up my acne ultimately. But it was, first of all, there's a lot of misinformation out there that hormones cause acne. And I see this all the time. I see women told, it's your hormones, it's your hormones. And the reality is that oftentimes it's really not true. Uh, you can get breakouts before your period because of shifts in the balance between t- testosterone and progesterone. And so people who are already acne prone may get that sort of pre-period breakup, uh, breakout. You also can see uh, what I call post-birth control pill syndrome, where after going off the pill, as the female body is resetting its hormones, going back to its natural menstrual cycle, which has been suppressed for however long we're on the pill, um, you can start to see breakouts in somebody acne prone. And the reality is, though, for a lot of these people for whom we blame hormones for acne, the underlying cause isn't their hormones at all. And if you think about it, it doesn't make a ton of sense because there's plenty of people who have the same hormones who aren't getting acne. So the question is why? What's the underlying driver? And so there's a couple of things that we see driving acne and breakouts in general that really go missed. So number one is food sensitivity. So I had eaten wheat and dairy my entire life growing up. Uh, wasn't a necessarily like a, a health. We were a healthy-ish household, but we weren't like health foods focused. I mean, I think about like, you know, goldfish and Twizzlers as being my like after school snack, um, like growing up. Um, and so I wasn't necessarily aware of these things, and I had no idea that you can become sensitive to a food later in life. And that was a huge aha moment because we think, oh, you're either allergic to something or you're not. But these food sensitivities can really develop. And for me, the food sensitivities had developed in that first year of medical school in a period of high stress. So when you are under chronic stress and very high chronic stress, psychological stress, you actually break down the barrier in the gut. So you can break down the zonulin proteins that hold the cells that line the gut together, and you can get something called intestinal permeability. And you can end up developing allergies to some of the foods that you're commonly eating that you didn't used to have. Because all of a sudden, when that gut barrier breaks down, your immune system, 70% of which is right behind that gut lining, living in your gut, is suddenly exposed to things that it didn't used to see. And you can develop some of these food sensitivities. And so when I go back in a patient's history and I ask, well, when did this acne start? You know, you didn't have acne your whole life. Um, Maybe you developed it in your teenage years. Maybe you developed it, in my case, in your 20s or as an adult. What was happening around that time? And oftentimes there's a a trigger. Um, It could be a surgery. Um, For some people, it was an accident or or the loss of someone close to them. A major breakup. A major breakup. I was in that mode. I was going through a really bad breakup. Uh, transitioning to medical school, uh, you know, having all of those jitters of like, oh my God, the next seven years of my life are here. Um, Mm. And, you know, but didn't recognize the impact of that stress. And in that time developed food sensitivities that ultimately became the underlying cause of my acne. And so the reason that the pills and the prescriptions and the topicals and the antibacterials didn't work, and the steroid injection certainly didn't work, 
was because of the inflammatory root of the acne was coming from the inside. And that's what drives me nuts about dermatology in general is that we're kind of told this myth that, oh, you can fix it from the outside. Mm -hmm. When generally speaking, you have to fix it from the inside. So going back to the couple of things that we see really commonly driving acne. One, uh, you see food sensitivities and then dairy and wheat are the two most common that we see, but there can be other ones, eggs, soy, for some people, nightshade vegetables. So doing these elimination diets, and here's the, here's the kicker. People say, well, I cut that out. And I say, well, how long did you cut it out for? And they're like, oh, a week or two. Well, it takes at least three weeks for the antibodies, meaning your inflammatory reaction to kind of shut down. So if you're kind of sort of eliminating a food or you're only doing it for a week or two, you're not going to see that acne clear up. And you mentioned you cut out dairy for two months. And I, in my case, when I cut out wheat and dairy, I really didn't see the benefits until about week six. And that's when all of a sudden everything went away. And now if I really want that pizza, like, hey, I just have to decide it's zit worthy because I know what's going to happen, but at least I'm in control. It's so true. And also those foods, besides the fact that sometimes our intestinal permeability can increase, which makes us more susceptible from the time that you and I were younger, right? Not that we're that old right now, but food has also changed a lot too. The, the dairy can have, uh, the dairy has changed, the, the wheat has changed. Even like growing up, we used to get like eggs from our local farmer's market. And then I never thought that my eggs changed. And all of a sudden I had an egg sensitivity. And I, as I started becoming more aware of stuff, I was like, wow, okay, these eggs used to eat insects off of grass. i sorry, these uh, chickens used to eat insects <laughs> <laughs> off of grass. And now they're all being fed corn. And so maybe I'm a little bit reactive to the corn in addition to having the gut permeability issues that were there. Absolutely. So there's corn is another one. There's not a food sensitivities out there and you may not experience digestive discomfort when you eat these foods. So that's the kicker too, right? People say, well, I feel fine when I eat wheat or I feel fine when I eat dairy or corn or soy. And what they mean by I feel fine is that they mean that they don't get like diarrhea, gas and bloating immediately. But really with a food sensitivity, the reaction can show up 48 hours later. And I don't know about you, but I can't remember what I ate like two days ago. So people have a really hard time because the reaction isn't immediate, making the connection, the one-to-one connection between what they're eating and then the inflammatory response that they're having. And so we see this all the time with acne, with eczema, with psoriasis, uh, with rashes and breakouts um, of all sorts. And that there's this delayed reaction. And so people aren't connecting what they're eating, but it is ultimately a food sensitivity. Cutting out that food for at least, I say at least six weeks um, and being diligent about it is really key because that's when you're going to see the transformation. You're going to see that inflammation go away. So let's talk about cosmetics and how they can either help or hurt our skin. Yeah. So... I was reading that, I think these stats might even be out of date and it's more now, but the average woman uses 12 personal care products before she leaves the house in the morning. Lotion, makeup, shampoo, conditioner, all the things, right? And that a man is at seven, but I think that number has been steadily going up. Uh, So we're all putting a lot of stuff on our bodies. And one of the things that we forget is like our skin is not a waterproof raincoat. Our skin is absorptive. It's like a sponge. 
and it absorbs anything into it that is fat soluble. So if you are putting things on your skin, your skin is essentially eating some of those things and bringing it into your body and it's going into your bloodstream. So it's hard to imagine that, right? We we don't get like taught that as kids, but that's how our skin works. That's our skin doing its job. And so we're putting a lot of stuff on our bodies every day, not just in our bodies. And what goes on our bodies is going into our bodies. And we have to remember that. And so some of these products can be really disruptive to our skin over time. So I'll hear this a lot. You know, I started using this great new product that my you know, the juice bar barista told me about, or the, my girlfriend told me about, or my mom read about on the internet. And it worked really well at first and it stopped working. You hear that all the time. And then you end up with this like, you know, (laughs) kitchen or like bathroom sink, just layered with all of these, like the graveyard of failed products. Um, And the reason is that a lot of these products, when you initially use them, might quiet a a localized inflammatory reaction, but over time are not fixing the underlying inflammation. And then on top of that, they're creating their own problems by stripping the skin of that sebum, um, that fatty acid protective layer that we talked about, which is really important to maintaining the skin. Uh, especially the retinoids, but also the topical antibiotics can really strip the skin, change the acid-base balance, and leave the skin chapped and more prone to acne or to breakouts. A lot of these products are really drying to the skin. So we think oil bad, get rid of the oil. And so then we try to soak it all up with these products and then they actually strip the skin. And then the skin tries to produce more and more and more oil to keep up to protect itself. Uh, because we need that protective fatty acid layer over our skin. Uh, And then again, the atopical antimicrobials, even things that are not, you know, an antibiotic topical per se, but they might have effects that really uh, destroy some of the skin bacteria that are really protective. And so we have to remember that not only is there a microbial ecosystem in our gut, but there's one living on our skin And the balances of the good and bad bacteria on our skin are deliberate, right? This is how we've evolved. This is not something that we, the skin should not be sterile. If it is, we're in real trouble. This is part of our immune system. And so some of these products are making it really hard for some of the natural bacteria uh, that live on our skin to, to, to survive and then others grow. And so what you see are these imbalances happening over time that the products are either causing um, or certainly not helping. And so I, it's funny, I'm like a huge natural skincare person. Um, I've greened my beauty cabinet. So I've gotten rid of all of the hormone disruptors and the preservatives and the dyes and the chemicals in my skincare products to the best of my ability. Even I am a victim of greenwashing because there's a lot of products out there that claim to be natural that frankly just aren't. Um, or on the other side, there's products that just, I have, you know, my sisters or my girlfriend or other or other female friends, they're like, I just can't find a replacement that works as good as this. So I've cleaned up everything else, but I've held on to this right. like one or two things, which it's like, it's, you're just trying to manage. Yeah. And that's where, again, it's really getting to the root cause of what's driving the, the breakout um, because there are, topicals that will quell inflammation in the skin or cause great higher skin turnover to keep the skin smoother like the retinoids. And those are valuable, um, but they're not fixing the underlying problem. So you might find that one of those 
quote, more toxic products works a little bit better um, because it's managing inflammation from the outside in, but it's just not fixing the problem. So I always ask people, well, this product that you're so attached to that you say works so well, is your problem actually gone or is it just a little bit better um, than something, than using another product? How did you go about the process of finding alternatives that are there? Are there sources, companies, places that you trust and go to, to find uh, products that actually work? I mean, specifically, I mean, men can benefit too, but I think a lot of you know women using more products than men are looking like what is clean, but actually works. So first of all, less is more, just generally reducing the number of products that you're using um, is huge because by definition, you're going to reduce the burden of chemicals that you're putting on your body. So just start there. Like, am I using 15 things when I could use five? Um, am I washing my face over and over and over again, which again is stripping the skin instead of letting my face heal? Um, and so a lot of people are overwashing. I only use soap on my face once a day to wash makeup off at the end of the day. I don't wash my face otherwise um, because my face is taking care of itself, right? And that's like really the state that we want to get to. So, okay, just to be a little yeah. bit more practical, when you wake up first thing in the morning and let's Water say, only. Water only, no soap. No soap. Yeah. There's no reason. I washed all this stuff off the night before. Why, what am I soaping off? I splash cold water on my face. Uh, I then put on, you know, a non-toxic moisturizer for the day. Any brand that you want to give a shout out to? Yeah. I mean, I've been using different ones. I really like Body Deli, um, which is uh, a non-toxic beauty beauty and skincare line. I really like, I've been using lately Environ products, um, which uh, I, you know, started to take the aging thing like pretty seriously this summer. <laughs> so I started seeing a, a kind of fancy facialist in New York who yeah. I go to every couple months because I was like, ooh, it's time to invest. What are we dealing with here? Uh, who has me using some of these products, uh, which are European and the European regulations on the number of industrial products and their toxicity is infinitely stricter than us. Um, doesn't mean they're perfectly clean. Um, but means that they're a lot like European pro doesn't mean that European products are perfectly clean, but means they're a lot better. Uh, what else do I use? I use, do you want to give her a shout out this, uh, facial? Yeah, I, I will. Although if I do, I'm afraid cause and like I won't be able to, to get to in to see her. Um, <laughs> but, uh, her name is, her name is Lisa at feed your skin. Okay, um, and she's really, she's a holistic facialist, but she uses like the best, she's like the parsley of facialists because she uses all of the cool new tech. So she's using led lights and right. infrared, uh, I see someone in LA like that. Her name oh, cool. is Etty. So we'll link okay. to both of those okay. individuals. Okay, awesome. And yeah. Been, uh, I mean, for me. it's cool because she's using all the coolest tech and she's using the latest science, but she's also using a very natural approach that isn't stripping my skin, destroying my skin, and is very aware that less is more. So uh, she's been awesome. And, you know, I use clean beauty products. I use Hint, H-Y-N-T, and I also use um, RMS Beauty, Rosemary Swift, uh, and listen, I'm aware that a lot of these products probably aren't perfect. Um, however, they're a big step in the right direction, uh, as we talked about before, like a huge leap forward versus the stuff sort of on the regular grocery store shelves. I got rid of all my lotions and I just use body oil. So like a coconut sesame based body oil with some essential oils in it. Oil, the skin just eats it right up. It works so much better than lotion. And I don't have to worry that I have this like 
weird white preservative filled like gook that I have no idea what's in it with like 74 ingredients on it. Uh, I'm not putting that on my body. I'm just using oils. And so it's like really about that simplification that I find uh, is the most effective. From a functional medicine perspective, we can understand that numerous factors contribute to acne, including nutrition, stress, insulin resistance, toxicity, inflammation, and hormonal and gut imbalances. That's actually good news because it empowers us to make dietary and lifestyle changes that reverse and get to the root of why acne is happening and along with that, improve our overall health along the way without potentially the side effects of the pharmaceutical interventions that are often prescribed from conventional medicine. I hope you enjoyed this mini episode from the Broken Brain Podcast. Please follow my dear friend Robin and her company, Parsley Health, and share this episode with a friend. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not, I repeat, it's not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional medicine practitioner, you can visit ifm.org and search their find a provider database. It's important that you have somebody in your corner that's qualified, that's trained, that's a licensed healthcare practitioner helping you make changes especially when it comes to your health.